don't know how it's going to go. Dude, I've done <laughs> I, I, I used that. to play Post Malone picking up my daughter. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I go yeah. into school at yeah. 7.20 in the morning with, with Jay-Z radio on Pandora blaring. And awesome. I get in, they're like, Dad, turn it down, turn yeah. it down. No. Oh, License geez. plate probably buzzing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. What in East Dallas is going on? I'm Camille. And I'm Rich. Rich, today we have Palmer of Palmer's Hot Chicken here in East Dallas. Yes. Okay, welcome to the show. Thank yes. you. But first of all, if you think that we're just going to talk about food in a restaurant, you're wrong. So much more. We're going to talk about me, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, because... Oh, yeah, we have Hayes here. What up? Hayes. What it do, Hayes, how it be. Hayes, Hayes, Hayes. <laughs> Thought he went fishing. Well, I he's, did. He, he, he's Man, back. I missed so, a big one this morning. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, if you guys think there are no largemouth bass in White Rock Lake, you're missing the boat. I missed yes. about a six-pounder on a buzz bait this morning. Just on my way over. Just Dude, I'm, I throw a line okay, in. Seriously, and, when we're done, I'm going over there with you. You should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab Come on over. Poles. Sweet. Well, I tell you what, like I said, if you th- think that we're going to talk about just a restaurant, uh, mm-hmm. you're wrong because the the story, the man behind Palmer's Chicken, um, man, Camille. It's, yeah, the man, the myth, the legend, yeah, Palmer. It's a pretty inspiring story. It is inspiring. So first of all, I want to talk a little bit about, where did you grow up, first of all? Born in Dallas. Uh, yo, he's an OG. You never no, hear that anymore. Oh. Where, where? Baylor? Presbyterian. Presbyterian, okay. Grew up in Garland. Okay. Three, moved to Tyler. East Texas. Holly Lake Ranch Yeah. area. Okay. Now, what did your dad do? Not sure. Oh. Claimed to be in the oil business. Okay. Mom and dad divorced when I was three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did he was you a bachelor. Average uh, upper income? To lower. Income. Okay. Average to lower. Average to lower income. Depending. Okay. Um, grandparents had a little bit of money, um, but they met in the military years, years ago. Yeah. Uh, career military. What and, took y'all to Tyler? Uh, grandfather retired. Oh, me and my mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Divorced. She runs home to mommy and daddy there in Tyler. Yeah. I own see. a couple okay. small businesses. Okay. That's okay. the story. She okay. remarries a year later and then we're traveling around Livingston. I mean, I went to Quitman elementary school for like second grade. Quitman. Quitman. Hmm. Yeah. You ever heard of it? Mm-mm. That's kind of out by Lake Fork, right? And, or Don't know about Lake Fork, but it's side. near Holly Lake Ranch, wherever that yeah, is. Yeah, way okay. out there. East Texas. East Texas. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So, wow. and then Livingston, and then Austin. Okay. A suburb of Austin, like Anderson Mill. Yeah. Uh, Balcony Woods area, Austin. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you know, when we were- But we grew up in, renters. I mean, it- Okay. You know, we were renters. Yeah. And so- Understand. The, um, the interesting thing when we were talking about- his story kind of before we pushed record here, you know, you don't seem like the entrepreneur type or you didn't grow up like that. Cause a lot of times people that have businesses, mm-hmm. you know, it's like their parents or they were inspired by somebody close to them that had businesses. And I guess your grandparents, you know, they had something and my mom's brother, my uncle was kind of like a father figure. I never had. You, so you were close to them. Kind of. I was real close to my grandparents. Okay. But my uncle lived in Tennessee we were in Texas and okay, but he flew F fours in the air force. Nice. Graduated Vanderbilt. Like smart from the outside looking in, had their shit together. Yeah. Responsible. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I get sober and they're crazier than shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he just hit it. There, there's a hint there. There's, there's, a, hint. there's a hint there. So, right, how so did, yeah, how did you end up from, ten, from so Texas the, to Tennessee? That, 
that led into the uncle story. Okay. They lived in Nashville. Yeah. And had were raising a small family. And don't forget Camille's from East Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, there's a fun fact we'll tell you here yeah. in a minute. Yeah, I'll let Camille do all that. And mm-hmm. but I saw this movie called Making the Grade. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably out in nineteen eighty five, Judd Nelson movie. Yeah. Judd Nelson was this thug kid, street cat. And uh I was I grew up in an abusive home, a lot of a lot of drinking. A lot of verbal, physical abuse, and unfortunately, my mom fell into the category of "I just can't leave." Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and you know, my grandparents lived four hours down the road, and I was getting a little antsy and a little scared and nervous. I mean, I'm 13 years old, 12, and sure, I see this movie, and Judd Nelson impersonates a rich kid for his senior year of high school at boarding school, and instantly the light bulb went off, and I was like, "That's my ticket out." So the next morning, I'm telling my mom, hey, I want to go to boarding school for high school. And she's like, well, we can't afford that. I'm like, well, or I'm just going to run away, right? <laughs> and Because I was like, you won't leave your husband. Mm. And uh, there, we found a school, some schools in Tennessee. So Tennessee became natural because Clyde, my uncle, was there. Okay. So that's yeah. And what, what high school was it you ended up in? The Webb School in Bellbuckle, Tennessee. Okay. Um, we, all of these small little towns I've never heard of. We yeah. looked at some schools like St. Andrews. Uh, we looked at Macaulay, Baylor, but uh-huh. uh, Webb was the closest to Nashville, about 45 minutes away, um, okay. located in between Shelbyville and Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Um, and great campus, and mm-hmm. they admitted me. <laughs> so I guess that's why I went. And I failed every class my first year. Congratulations. Except one. <laughs> no, no, no hey. seriously. It was not an inexpensive school for my grandparents God, to pay for. Wow. Yeah. And I failed every class except one. Do you look back and you feel like that you just kind of pissed away an opportunity no, right there? No, it made me who I am. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd much rather have failed every class my freshman year of high school than lived in the shithole situation I was living in. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, know, you know, this is a great point, just y'all, because the – what we think is bad in our lives, failing your classes would seemingly be bad, right? But it actually turns out to be a good thing. It's Man, I had freedom. You know, looking back on it. Isn't that crazy? Looking mm-hmm. back on it, that was a year of freedom for me. Unbelievable. You know, freshman year of high school. Because there was no chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was structure. There was some structure. There was calmness. <laughs> right. You know, it took and, you a while to adjust to it. Yeah, but... You know, some positives came out of, I guess my mom was married to Don for 10 years. So I was five and they divorced when I was 15. Okay. And, uh, so they divorced. Not It's like I leave home and then she yeah. decides to leave, <laughs> right? But whatever. And she got married like six months later to another guy. So it's a long story. But wow. she was a great woman. She did the best she could with what she had. Sure. And um, But I just, I started reading body language at like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. You come home from school and it's three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock, and yeah. one or both of your parents, your stepdad or mom, are drunk. And you don't know how the day's going to go. Mm. And leading into the docs play stuff that I'm assuming you'll get to, mm-hmm. that really benefited me. And in the business I'm in, it's just being reading aware, people. reading people, but being aware of my surroundings but, at all times. But you yeah. know, at nine, I'm just trying to think back at nine or 10, you don't know if that's normal or not, or, or you have an idea. Cause you go to other friends, homes. houses and they, their parents aren't drunk. Yeah. 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 Kind of. And then you start to 
find out it's not normal because your friends don't want to come over to your house anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or their parents won't let them or, but we also grew up and I'm sure I grew up in a time where we get home from school and we didn't have a sports. We just get on our bike and leave. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Today, mm-hmm. kids don't do that. No. But we get on our bike and just leave. And they'd say, you know, the street lights come on. Yeah. Go home. Head home. Right. You know. Yeah. They call those the good old days. But we weren't yeah. doing that in downtown Austin. No. Sure. Or even in the 80s. Yeah. Right. So. Interesting. And then you stayed in Nashville. Yeah. Um, did that deal. Uh, went to uh, military school in Virginia for two years after that. Okay. Uh, what sent you to military school? So my mom and her husband at the time were in the timeshare business. Okay. So that gives you an idea of the kind of, okay. I mean, that's a roller coaster ride, I'm assuming in itself. So uh, they moved to Mexico to go to work. Mexico. Uh, Yeah. Where in Mexico? Cabo San Lucas. I love Cabo. This was in 88. Wow. So maybe before Cabo really became Cabo. Cabo. uh, They lived in the Cabo San Lucas part, but it's like in what? 10, 15 minute drive. To so you didn't go, Lucas. you didn't go with them, obviously. No, I was in boarding school, but I'd go every break. Nice. Right. And they were there for nine months or so. And then moved to Estapa, Zihuatanejo, mm-hmm. mainland Mexico uh, on the coast, but Mexico proper sure. and uh, not Baja. And so I was either going to go back to web, but my uncle went to Fishburne military school. You're talking about someone to look up to. Yeah. P- businesses. Yeah. Right. I really looked up to my uncle and I was like, I'll go, I'll go to Fishburne military school. Is this your mom's brother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's still alive. Okay. Um, cool. So I went to Fishburne military school and except did really well. Right. Academically. I was really into sports. Hey, talk about structure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it so, was so great for someone like you, I think. But then I up, had my first DUI. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So um, gr- growing up. Okay. This is interesting because growing up, he's obviously bouncing around. There's, you know, some stability here and there, but it's not consistent stability. It's just like pockets of stability. Well, I think I had to grow up faster than maybe my age. That's right. Was Mm -hmm. sure. Sure. And that's good or bad. I I reckon I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, military school was great for me. Was the drinking age at that time, 18? I don't know. It was whatever age I was. You started starting about about 12 years old. It didn't matter. Hey, that's when I had my first beer was 12. Yeah. My um, mom okay. would drink Bacardi one Bacardi. Yeah. And she'd keep it under the kitchen sink. And clear or dark? Clear. Yeah. So I would just replace it with water. It's headache and of bottle. course, being the good drinker she was, that I didn't get along. Yeah. It, that didn't last too long. Yeah. She's like, some water down. You were drinking Bacardi at 12? Yeah, we were sniffing gas. Oh, my goodness. We'd smoke little twigs thinking we'd get high. You know, yeah, just the yeah, mental yeah. games. I tried a beer, but mine was wine. I liked wine coolers. Oh yeah. Well, because they're sweet, you know. If, yeah. you're, if you're a kid, yeah. anyway. I was I was in the business of trying to change how I felt, man. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of where my addiction. Sure. Okay. So, how old were you when you got your first DUI? Sixteen. Wow. Uh, my mom and that husband had moved back to the states to uh, Fairfield Glade, Tennessee. Okay. Um, about an hour and a half from Knoxville, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Gosh, it's beautiful up there. Yeah, I was home for spring break, I guess, uh-huh. and totaled my mom's car. And um, uh, who doesn't get a DUI in spring break when you're 16? Yeah, but it was we weren't in Cabo. <laughs> I promise you, <laughs> it's true. Um, and my godfather owned some TV stations. Okay, so I had my first, 
on break, went back, finished school, started selling timeshare with my mom and her stepdad oh. at Fairfield Glade. Okay. 16. And that's when I had the first DUI. And at that moment, I was like, I'm not going back to military school. Mm. I'm done with that. I want, And I started running. Like, at that age is when my addiction really started kicking in okay. and making decisions for so me. So you're escaping something, obviously. My reality. Right, okay. Which wasn't bad. Like, I never went without. Right. But it was all the other shit yeah. mm-hmm. that was raining down in my world. Yeah, you're like a, a, a 30-year-old, 35-year-old in a 16-year-old body and age. So my godfather was a man named Frank, and uh, he owned a television station in East Texas in Tyler. Um, and some in Mississippi. So I called Frank and I was like, Hey, I want to learn the TV business. And he's like, well, come on. So I moved to Jackson, Mississippi. How old were you at that point? 16. Okay. Uh, so are you still in school at uh-huh. the, or, okay. Well, I'm in between schools, right? Cause I'm not going back to military school. Okay. I'm now living in Jackson, Mississippi with my godfather. Okay, so, and then you, but you have a degree, a high no, school degree. Not this moment. Okay. But, remember, I failed my first year. That's right, okay. And then went back to web. Yep. So my family paid <laughs> the same <laughs> amount of money for me for to do ninth again, yeah. and then I went to military school for two Ooh. years. So okay. I still lacked a year of high school. Okay. But I only lacked two credits, right? So yeah. U.S. government and senior English. English, yeah. So I found a school called the Education Center. In Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. So my grandparents probably have hundred thousand dollars wrapped up in my education at this point, and I've got a and diploma from the education center yeah, in Jackson, yeah. Mississippi. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, but it was enough. It's I didn't enough. even go to that school, but I got yeah. the, I got the diploma. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. even go to that school. That's a whole other story. Okay. And, uh, so I was a cameraman with the six and ten o'clock news. Okay. Oh, awesome! Um, wow. And. Took U.S. government senior English from eight to ten, okay. and had to report to work at three and in the morning, in the afternoon, in the afternoon, yeah. And we do all the prep and then yeah, shoot the six and ten o'clock news. And how long did you do that? About six, seven months. Okay. Then I uh, got fired from my job and kicked out of my godfather's house. A whole <laughs> okay. long story. Hey, so obviously you could see how this leads straight into uh, a so chicken I was restaurant. Se- so I was seven. <laughs> We're not there yet. But I'm 17 years old, and I'm driving what the station's news blazers. That's my car, right, with the station on the sides. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't and I'm passing a billboard with a woman on there that I'm <laughs> No. And at seven, how am I going to stop doing that? You can't. And at 17 years old, you're mm-hmm. awestruck. How am I going to stop? You can't. Mm-hmm. Golly. So, like, I thought that I created the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was 10 foot tall which is, bulletproof. Yeah. Which is bad if you have an obvious addiction. Yeah. It's like real but bad. It, but it was getting me nice things. Oh, gosh. i tell you what. We're, we're going to take a quick break real quick. Because, Sorry, I get long-winded. but No, this is this is great because I think— uh, But that stuff bled into my adult life, Yeah, and especially with my wife. Like, it damaged—I was damaged goods. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, I, I did some intensive EMDR, you know, mm. therapy work. And, to get through it? Yeah. Yeah. And all that stuff stemmed from childhood and then to that— experience you know mississippi um wow so it it was not good i tell you what you know we are we're gonna get 
Um, we're going to come right back. We're going to take a quick break here, but you know, his story, it's not over. Um, this is unfortunately, (laughs) yeah, this is just, this is just the beginning of what transpired and, and what's next, what led him to, um, even to sitting here with us, but it's a fascinating, fascinating story that I think we all can learn from and Uh we can take away. Um, it took Camille throwing me under the bus and finally texting me and my wife, Amanda, yeah. asking, when are you going to do this? <laughs> when are you going to do the podcast? Yeah. Well, here we are. All right. On that note, we're going to be right back with the rest of uh, Palmer's story from Palmer's Hot Chicken. We'll be right back. Did you know that East Dallas has over 200,000 residents? And over 1.1 million visitors every single month. And And you you have have the opportunity opportunity to reach them. If you're interested in partnering up with us on the website, visit eastdallas.com. Or on this show at What in East Dallas is Going On. Connect with us. Our email is connect at visiteastdallas.com. That's connect at visiteastdallas.com. Thank you for supporting the show. And thank you for being a part of East Dallas. And we're back with Palmer from Palmer's Hot Chicken, Catfish, and Shrimp. By the way, if you haven't tried their shrimp, holy cow. Like, that's amazing. Or their sides. And the sides. Yeah, the collard the, the, the greens. Yes. So, all Babe, right. Babes is pretty good, too, their sides. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Well, I'm I'm a bit biased. I have uh, a few friends over there. I love babes. I love uh, you know uh, the vineyards. And anyway, great family over there. Okay, so I want to just we just talked through your kind of childhood. You're 17 years old. You're in Mississippi. You moved back to Nashville, but your life was more or less. You know, I don't want to say spiraling out of control, but in a way, it really was. Yeah, there wasn't much control. Sure. Yeah. It, so, so in your twenties, you're you're sort of working some odd jobs, but uh, you get another DUI. Yep. How old were you? I mean, I was probably twenty one, twenty two. Okay. I was leaving Maribel. So, so Palmer got pulled and I, over on the Exxon at Broadway. Oh, on Broadway, where the Gulch is right now. Palmer and I lived in Nashville at the same time. We did not know it. And we both worked at Merchants, which is mm-hmm. on Broadway right there. Same ownership, mm-hmm. same ownership group then that owned Mayor Bulls, too. Yes, so, it yeah. was. Yeah. And I, I cocktailed at Merchant. You waited tables. Upstairs, briefly. Like, briefly. I wasn't at Merchants long, probably six months. Yeah, I was there, I don't know, six months to a year. Yeah, I was like Sounds a stain. Like a- I stained fast. Like, I couldn't stay many places for very long. Yeah. Like my... You so, were moving around. That's gig. so funny. Yeah. We're a small world. I know. Our paths probably crossed, but sure. had no idea until he moved here into Dallas and we were talking. And Y'all were probably drinking it. together somewhere. Sure. Hey, man, I'd <laughs> leave Mayor Bull, turn right, yeah. walk up to the underground, oh. and I wouldn't I wouldn't did walk outside the, till the sun came up. Did you go to the up. underground club there? And what was that? I did, too. Yeah. What was the name of that? It, it was, was called the, the Underground. Uh, yeah. Right on 2nd Avenue. Yes, yes, yes. And last night I was um, black walls, no lights. I was like I was la- oh, wow. last night. I was and at oh, the wow. um, nice. New Order concert, and I was like, "Man, this reminds me so much of Nashville and the Underground Club because <laughs> that's the music that we played." That was it. You know? I never felt good after leaving Underground. 
It's never good. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever felt good after leaving a place called the underground. Yeah. You got to remember, and at this time, Nashville was dead. Downtown was dead. You could walk in the middle of the street. Which is crazy. It was to such think. a progressive club. Like that club was, was 20 years ahead its of its time. time. Yes. 20 years ahead of Oh my ahead gosh. Yes. 100%. Wow. I think well, 20 years we ripped had to, off. We had to have been in there at the same time. I'm sure. Had I, to have been. Unbelievable. I never remember leaving. I, I was there. Like I've, a I've lot. Got, I went into underground once, and I don't. I've never left. Apparently, I don't ever remember leaving that place. <laughs> Did you go to Exodus a lot? A few times. Yeah, I went to Exodus a lot too. We played there a bunch. Excellent. I love Are that you place. serious? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Ar- 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 did back in the day. He, uh, Hayes is mentioning he played. So you're Hayes is a he's a band member. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. This is the Ernie's college band that okay. was signed okay. to Universal Mojo Records. Cherry Pop and Daddy's Real Big Fish. That what? You were on the road for like Funk 10 years or reggae. something, right? Yeah. 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 You know, back our then. Almost. Almost. Our own you know, Hayes We almost Smith. got there. You know, Hayes, Austin has always been known for that kind of underground music scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Nashville had that back then, even no before people knew it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It, it was did. there. It's yeah. true. It did, no yeah. Doubt. And then Austin and then Seattle. Because all the writers were struggling musicians. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So they were playing at all these places. Yeah. So the struggling musicians turned millionaire, gazillionaire writers. Those were the people you were probably playing with, Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Everybody, yeah. when you tell people you lived in Nashville, they'd be like, you like country music? I'm like, no, I don't listen to it at all. <laughs> Nashville it. had every type of music. Yeah. No doubt. Right. Music city. Yeah. Like, music. Yeah. Not still a country music city. It's, it's Music weird. city. Yeah. yeah. It's a music city. Yeah. But random, right? Probably yeah. work, same place. Went, probably the I probably club hit together. on her. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you were drunk, too drunk to remember. You know, you're walking up and you're hitting on someone, you're slobber running out, you can't speak, you know. It's <laughs> real attractive. Yeah. So I, I, that's oh, why I wound man. up becoming a solo drinker. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. So just getting back to your story just a second. Okay. So you get your second DUI, 2021, 22, something like that. Okay. But then you get a third DUI. That was probably the worst. Okay. One. Did you crash? Uh, Kind of. Okay. It was like a a random day of the week, like Monday through Friday. It's yeah. probably like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Sure. At like 4.30 in the afternoon out in a little suburb of Nashville called Brentwood, Tennessee. Okay. And I had two of my uncle's kids in my car. Oof. So kind of like my hero or the guy I looked up to, right? Yikes. Um, I had his eighth grader. And his fifth grade sons in my car. Mm. So I just dropped them at tennis practice mm. and uh, turned out right and drove into a ditch. Yeah. Mm. And the cop car and the wrecker showed up at the same time. Mm. And That's yeah. Good. So, so that was your third. It was bad. Is it worse? But you're not done yet. No, but it, that helped precipitate the. You peaked. I peaked. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because uh, the money started drying up. My uncle, they were very, they're very successful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I maintained my innocence for a year with my mom and my grandmother. And uh, we're a small family, right? Mm-hmm. And I went to court, and my uncle's oldest son's a freshman in high school, private school in Nashville, during exams pulls him out to come testify on my uh, behalf. Mm. But after we broke for lunch, me and my attorney accepted a plea bargain. Mm-hmm. So we call him. Hey, with no need 
pull Ian out of school. We're good. And he's like, you people are crazy. Mm. What do you mean we're good? Like, yeah, he'd been maintaining his innocence for a year. So, yeah. like, our family operated as if for a year. And then, so, yeah, I wasn't in, we didn't talk for nine years after that. Holy wow. cow. Yeah. Man, okay. I mean that that's um But you know, he's coming he's coming down here this month or next month for grandparents' day for my kids. Oh. Really? For the second time. So you're so, so, so that's all been healed. Okay. Through recovery. It's so good to heal. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh okay, so you're 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 fourth and you do have a fifth DUI. Yeah. The, the guys, the the what he went through uh during his life. I mean you could probably create a movie for I'm just grateful I didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Or hurt mm-hmm. anyone, first and foremost. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's scary when you look back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I've had the privilege of meeting those that have done that. Yeah. And you have know, paid restitution to society and then have gotten sober and help and gone out to preach against it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's... You it's know, not like um, a... It's a cool story, but it's really... Like, it's not... Like there's some bad stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. sad story. It's sad. You, you know the uh, if success is is made through the amount of opportunities that you're given, it seems to me, Palmer, that y- you <laughs> you seem to have destroyed a number of opportunities, but you keep getting more, and you keep getting a next opportunity. Mm-hmm. You keep getting, but y- yet you keep destroying them as you're getting them. So my sponsor, Doc, who died a couple of years ago, who's my sponsor for 16 years, uh-huh. and this might not make the pod, but and there's a lady here, but I heard you say the F-bomb earlier before we started, so I'm okay with language. Yes. You're it's, good, Camille? It's Absolutely. all open. Yeah. All right. We could beep. He yeah. would say, he would look or at not. me and he'd say, Palmer, you, um, and he knows my whole life story, right? Mm-hmm. He's my sponsor. And he's like, Palmer, you know, you could fall into a barrel full of dicks and come out with a dick in your mouth. <laughs> that's how lucky you are you know what i mean like that might may not make the show yeah. but <laughs> i'm, gl- I'm glad i didn't slip and say it the other way around which i almost did that would have made the show and we were ruined <laughs> for no life. one's eating, eating at palmer's anymore yeah. he came up with a dick in my mouth yeah. wait a minute it's a soup of the day wait. am i still drinking it's, it's what a was soup that? du jour <laughs> I'll have that. <laughs> dumb I'll take that. The ladies, the ladies will be coming in. I'll have Palmer soup. Yeah, please. No, can't do that. Been oh there, done goodness. that. No <laughs> soup for you. Oh, hang on Woo. just a second. Okay, well, I've completely lost where I was at. Because <laughs> you know, you just picture. Anyway, oh, you're talking about his missed uh, chances. Yeah, yeah, missed chances. Yeah. But it, it's like it's it was meant for you to be where you are now because those opportunities did keep coming. Yeah. Are you happy right now? Are you happy now in your life? Yeah. Okay. You know what? And that's what matters. Okay, but we're still not he's not done yet. You are still trying to destroy your life. You get a, I think you get a 6 DUI, right? Yeah, the same year. Y'all, this, this 2005. Is, this is not um like this is bad and to the way that especially here in Texas cuz we have mad Mothers Against Drunk Driving out mm-hmm. in Denton, Texas. So we are particularly hard yeah. mm-hmm. on um, drunk drivers, as as we should be, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. Um, all mine were earlier, though. Yeah. Before right. all that, yeah. Before yeah. that. There were still strict laws, of course. Sure. 
but again, I was lucky enough to where mine were one was four years apart. Sure. Well, there's a two year moratorium or something. Just, I don't know. I should not have been driving. So, so so obviously you, you can see clearly here that you have a drinking problem, a drug problem. And you said, well, I couldn't see it. I mean, I knew I drank, but like I still had in my mind, I could solve the problem. Were you, did you play the victim? Oh, King victim. Yeah. Okay. Most, yeah. Most people you meet like me, or king victims. Yeah. You know, and that's why we can't get sober. Right. Well, let me scratch that. It's everyone else's fault. A victim can get sober, right? They can't stay sober. Like, I haven't met many victims that continue to be a victim. Right. And stay sober. Yeah, I got you. And that's why I was Mm -hmm. like, you asked if my mom was, or my dad was an alcoholic. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah, right. For a normal person from the outside looking in, that guy's alcoholic. Yeah. But who knows? I know that Mm -hmm. I am. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So. Wow. It's, it's right, you got to so, look at yourself. So, so somehow you stumble through your twenties, but you have odd jobs. You're, there's not really any structure. You're sort you know, you're doing all this stuff. You're experimenting to the ninth degree, but then you get into your thirties. When did things start changing for you? What, you know, and I, look, I hate to ask this question, but it is a question that um, I think it's important. Do you remember your bottom? Oh Yeah. What was it? Look, so I was about 80-something days sober living in a halfway house in North Georgia. Okay. And and guys, this, you don't have a book. You need a damn book. Why don't you ghostwrite it? Dude, I'm your, I can do that all day with my eyes closed. Let's do it. I want to get out of the restaurant business. I got you. Okay, so... Don't say that. No, I do not. I got you. Already. <laughs> Red flag already. Yeah, that's at 1240. Uh, I got you. Yeah, that's like uh, half. In fact, I'm going to take a little note of that. Hang on. Yeah. 12, I got you. I listen in to the them. mouth and 1240 <laughs> comment. Getting out of restaurant business. Okay, so. All right, you you, you hit bottom. Do you I got hit, kicked out of this halfway house, man. I went. So there was a mandatory meeting schedule. Meetings, AA meetings that you had to be at. Okay. And I wanted to watch a Dallas Cowboys football game one Sunday night. So Woo-hoo, went, Cowboys. Sorry, Hayes. Yeah. So sorry. Don't even get me started. Yeah, okay. So here's the deal. I went um, to an earlier meeting in the day and thought that'd be okay. Well, the Sunday night meeting were those that went on weekend pass or something. You would check it back in at that meeting. And I just skipped. And I was driving to work the next day. And, yes, I had a fifth DUI that February I was in the halfway house because of that sixth in November, and yes, I was driving. And they called me and said, "Hey, you need you need to pack your shit and get out. You're not welcome in our program." Damn, that's what I said. Well, I was court ordered. Oh, and uh, to be there. Yeah. Okay. And my sponsor said, "Look, just get a hotel room. I'll help you pay for it, and just go to all the meetings they go to. You call these four people every day." And they might let you back in. Are you on probation or anything during that? Not at this time. Okay. I'm just court ordered to some year-long treatment, minimum year-long treatment. Center. That's so, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, my sponsor said, call these people. They might yeah. let you back in. Two days later, they let me back in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I looked in the mirror. And in, in AA, they say, hit your knees. Ask God for help. Yeah. At night, hit your knees. Thank him for help. Yeah. Or thank him for the help of keeping you sober. And, you know, I mean, I'd been in and out of AA for 14 years you know, from 19 to 33 and I'm 33 at this time in the halfway house and just never being able to stay sober, you know, cause I, I wouldn't, I didn't surrender. 
Right. Right. And that was the first time I surrendered. That was my bottom. So I'm, I get back in the house and I'm looking at myself in the mirror that night. Are I'm you like, facing j- jail time if you three don't? Years. Okay. Yeah. That scared the crap out of you, I well, bet. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted, I don't know what I wanted, right? Yeah. Like it was just, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I just didn't, I didn't have alcohol or drugs to blame that consequence on. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Like I got kicked out for being Palmer. Yeah. For being an idiot. Just being Palmer. Yeah. Like just egomaniac. My, like I was watching a different movie than those around me. Mm. Like my perception, yeah. like my whole world, everything was just different than reality. Mm. And uh, that was my bottom. Man. When was your last drink? Uh, November 18th, 2005. Where were you? Uh, Brunswick, Georgia. Okay. On what, what road was I on? I don't remember getting arrested. Okay. Um, was this a DUI? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, it. <laughs> so it's funny. This judge I went in front of, Judge Douglas, old Southern black guy mm-hmm. and really hard and my sponsor knew him and down where we live in Georgia, it's small. I'm like, I miss it. If you need something, if you need a judge, it's a text away. Right. Mm-hmm. If sure. you need a commissioner, it's a text. Away. Like it's right. That's small. It's nice. Yeah. Right. And that was my first introduction to judge Douglas. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I remember him telling me, and this is why we started doc's place. Um, I, he said, Mr. Fortune, you need really, you really need some help. And, I'm going to release you to the custody of your mom on bail for 10 days. So you can come up with a plan to find some place to go for a minimum of a year. They need long-term treatment. But here's what stuck out to me. He's probably saved your life. Oh yeah. He's a good dear friend today. A dear friend. Wow. And a good customer. I mean, it's really transformed. He says a uh, customer. So just restaurant, to be clear, we have restaurants down yeah, there. Yeah. He has a restaurant in Georgia called what? Uh, Palmer's Village Cafe, breakfast and lunch in yep. the village by the pier. Yep. And then our Nashville hot chicken, catfish, and shrimp restaurant that we opened six years ago down there is called Porch. Which, hey, it, you got to look up Porch because that is an amazing spot. Yeah. I'm just saying we need one, a porch here in Dallas. That's what East we're Dallas, trying to do. But, well, but, well, he's kind of got a porch at Palmer's. Yeah. yeah we have a landing yeah, area. just don't have water I know, he doesn't, close to but it. But the beach the is yeah, two but, blocks, and we don't have yeah. two 200-year-old oak trees that canopy yeah. the yard. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that is – Yeah. You can't you can't put those in there. No. Yeah. Okay, all right. So you um, – <laughs> Okay, so you, you, you hit bottom. You, but Judge Douglas you. said, okay. unfortunately, I don't know of anywhere to refer you. Oh. Not That's good. what I was like. I was like, oh, okay. So I found this place in North Georgia called the Hickey House. Yeah. And um, I went there. For a year? Uh, 19 months I stayed. 19. <sighs> Saved my life. long time. Yeah. Wow. It became home. Yeah. And that's what, but you remember, I'm 33 years old, right? Right. And... I'm living my life like an 11 and 12 year old. Right. So I didn't grow up and like, like I'm still not grown up, but it, it takes a hot minute, man. Wow. Like alcohol and drugs looking back is maybe not even top 10 on the list of my problems. Mm. Even when I was drinking, man, you know, it's, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's crazy. Cause you could just go through life, you know, uh, making mistake after mistake after mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and you can still, end up 
with a great life. This wise man named Jerry in recovery is a retired judge um, from Forsyth, Georgia. He would say, he would ask people, what about you sober keeps getting you drunk? Mm. Wow. Yeah. And if, if that wow. person can come up with the answers, they'll be able to get sober. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. Like, Never what about you about sober? That. What about you sober keeps getting you drunk? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Because you're not drinking. Like, did someone just tie you down and pour that shit down your throat? Right. It's true. Yeah. So when you you leave there after 19 months, move back down to Brunswick, St. Simons Island. Okay. Yep. And now what did you do for work? Uh, right after that. Worked for a, a business that's been there forever, but they do high-end home audio video. Okay. Uh, pre-wiring. Like, cool. I mean, yeah. now, you can clearly see this trajectory is leading him to a restaurant. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? High-end video. and yeah, Well, I mean, I, I, waited, the chicken. I waited tables for a long time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And, Longer than what you probably should have. Well, I guess as long as I needed to. You know? Well, okay. Yeah. So you, you do that. Okay. So you end up in Brunswick. It's Brunswick, Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia. So what led you to the restaurant business? Um, like getting into, so I moved back there and I'm, I'm working for Trey. Um, good, a, a dear friend of mine today, Trey. And, um, we had the same sponsor, long story, but, um, I'm, I, I don't like going into an office every day, a showroom. I don't like trying to sell stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I can sell stuff, right? But I don't, I don't, I didn't want to sell TVs forever. And mm -hmm. I was on this recovery high. Yeah, like yeah. I wanted to save the world. I wanted yeah. everyone to have what I have and experience yeah. the freedom, the happiness, you know. And I was like, hey, I want to open up a place like I went to. So mm -hmm. I talked to my sponsor and I was like, there's nothing here in this area that's offering men what I was offered, which is accountability, structure, love. Yeah. You know, like, Big time structure and accountability. And uh, I want to open my own. And he's like, okay. Hmm. So we were fortunate enough to do that. And um, then one thing led to another. And about two years after that, my phone rang with the opportunity to take over a restaurant that had closed down. Interesting. Your story is so fascinating. And like I said before, and I've said it a few times now, mm -hmm. there's something in his story that everybody here can take away from. Just because you have failed and just because you've made mistakes and just because you, the, you've got locked into the system does not mean you can't succeed. Mm -mm. It means you may have to overcome a couple things. It means you may have to go and work on yourself. It means that you might have to have some help along the way. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to stay stuck into something that is just destroying the rest of your life because if you're alive you have a chance and you have proven that palmer yeah, getting sober was the single hardest thing i've ever done in my life i'm sure man. now staying sober is on the flip side of that yeah so much easier than getting sober sure like yeah. i would die before i had to get 90 days sober again mm -hmm. I, i'd just take a bullet wow i mean it's so hard okay you put money is this i'm confused on a couple things here um how did you get involved with the doc's place? Uh, so we had just ended on uh, me telling my, that I wanted to open up a place in Brunswick, similar patterned after the one where I got sober. 
Okay, so he was at a, remember, at, for 19 months, he was at a... In North Georgia at a year-long halfway house. Halfway house, okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah, to, to work on himself, to get sober, to stay sober. And learn um, how to live. It, it, yeah, and learn how to live. Because, you know, you just said it. You're a 12-year-old, 13-year-old living in a, you're 30... Yeah, 33. Three, okay. Man, how big of a deal is that, right? Okay, but you, yeah. you, you had this change, and now... You know, there's a lot of people that when they get sober, they do. They want to give back. And part of staying sober is actually doing that. Well, and I think looking back, I, I think a part of it was I didn't really grow up with that family environment. Okay. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we just heard that in so the first the, half. The halfway house turned out to be Your like family. my family, family environment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm back down in Brunswick, and I rented this room on the house from this woman's old woman who's so long time sober on St. Simon's Island. So I'm just living in a room, you know, and she didn't trust me enough to even do longer 90 day mm-hmm. little lease for a bedroom. And, uh, and I'm starting this job and I'm like, you know, I just, I'm on this recovery high, you know, and a lot of people that get sober, they think they want to be counselors, addiction yeah. counselors. And mm-hmm. that's just a little recovery high. Right. Cause you just want everyone that, you know, struggling to experience, to get the freedom that you've just experienced. Right? right. So you want to spread that. Right. Um, and so I just rented a home in downtown Brunswick, mm-hmm. Georgia and, uh, moved in it and just started moving men in. That's how it started. Wow. That was yeah. October of 2007. Okay. So that's two years sober. Okay. When we started it. Got it. Okay. Okay. And so then you start helping other men, uh, mm-hmm. Change their lives, and then uh, so out. And it's was, growing. Okay, yeah, and it was born in in Doc's Place is what it's called. D O C apostrophe S. Okay, place okay. websites Doc's Place Recovery. Okay, dot com. I say that with no affiliation. Okay, so he's not affiliated with Doc's Place anymore. Right. So it's changed ownership. You were able to sell it. Yeah, we we gave it away. Okay, um, it away. in two thousand December of two thousand eighteen. Yep, um, and then a. Recently, about two years ago, uh-huh. an alumni of Doc's place uh, bought it from that gentleman. Okay, got it. Yep. Okay, so that place is still there. Okay, so, it's a great place. So, it's great. so during that time, right, right there in 2018, you wanted to open up a restaurant. How did all of that come about? So the 2018 was the chicken joint we owned opened, but in okay, the first resident at Doc's place was a guy named John B. Okay, he he doesn't care. John Belichick. Okay. And he was the first guy, so it was just me and John living in this house. Uh-huh. And a guy named Patrick who helped me start it, but we separated pretty quick. But Patrick was integral in us starting it. We were kind of partners in Doc's Place when we started it. You're not married at this point or anything? No, no. Okay. No. Um, but Patrick and I had some differences, so Patrick went on, and I just stayed with Doc's Place. Sure. Um, but I felt it important to give him the credit because it couldn't have happened without Patrick. Okay. So yeah. if for someday he ever hears this or someone that knows me at home in Georgia ever hears this, <laughs> I won't get a text saying, you ego bat- egomaniac, why didn't you give Patrick? <laughs> but sincerely. Is this public? Everybody can hear it. Sincerely, we couldn't have done it without Patrick at okay. the time. So, All right. So this first guy came in, and John Belichick, and he's a homeless chef um, whose wife and two daughters live on St. Simon's Island, Georgia, and she's in the education system. And But he had been living in his car in Virginia Beach with his brother. Mm. And uh, he comes in, and uh, he'd been trying to get sober for a long time also, and uh, he winds up staying 18 months. 
Okay. And then moves back in with his wife and his two daughters. Nice. And comes to work for, for me at Doc's Place. Okay. So he's uh, the first resident at Doc's Place. And the first employee. First employee. And he's cooking. Uh, no, he's no, not yet. Not at Doc's Place. His okay. job was to manage the day-to-day affairs. Okay. Make sure people do intakes. Sure. Um, make sure people are where they are, what they're supposed to be doing. Gotcha. Go to treatment centers to pick mm-hmm. up residents, bring them into the treatment and... But uh, I was playing golf with my sponsor one day, and you know I spent 28 years in and around Nashville, Tennessee, trying to get sober yep. for most of those years, and uh, I just felt drawn to get back to Nashville to live sober with my sober friends that I never lived sober with. Sure. And there's this uh, greasy spoon in the historic part of the village area of St. Simons Island, Georgia, the Pier Village, mm-hmm. called Dresner's. Okay. Greasy Spoon, breakfast and lunch. They've been there 20, maybe 25 years. Mm-hmm. So it was an established restaurant, right? And uh, playing golf with my sponsor, getting his thoughts on moving to Nashville, expanding Doc's Place, blah, blah, blah. And, um, he's like, hey, you know, Dresner's just closed. And I said, yeah, I heard that. And he goes, well, there might be an opportunity there for you. And I was like, eh, like, I mean, we've never talked about opening a restaurant. Like, that's yeah. not on my radar. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And A, I don't have any money. Yeah, I want to go to Nashville and expand Doc's place. He goes, well, we know the landlord of the of the building, and this lady just walked out six months into her second five year lease, and everything down to the salt and pepper shakers she left behind. So it's fully equipped restaurant. Like it could open tomorrow what? with a good cleaning and sure. You know. I was like, yeah, I'm not. Now I preface this whole podcast. I'm not the brightest bulb. In the land. <laughs> I, don't okay. I don't think you give yourself enough credit, but okay. I'm still like, I can't see what he's getting at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's when he stopped. So remember John Belichick's a homeless chef. Uh-huh. Now this uh-huh. guy's a legit chef. Um, 12 years, sous chef, executive sous chef at the inn at Blackberry farm, mm. Georgia room, sea Island, G eight summit cooked for presidents. Mm. Um, legit, legit. Um, like, I mean, he might be the most talented chef in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, but he's a better human, which makes him great. Right? Awesome. Yeah. And we're like brothers and I'm an only child. And my sponsor goes, listen, you idiot. You have a five-star trained chef working for you at a halfway house. <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, you're right. I'm an idiot. Mm. So I went to chef. Oh, first I went to the owner of the building. And I said, hey, Peter, you know, we've got some experience. If you're interested, uh, we'd love to have an opportunity to talk. And keep in mind, St. Simons Island, Sea Island is about the size of Manhattan, New York. Yeah, it's big. So there, aren't, mean, a whole, there aren't a whole lot of restaurants. Right. Yeah. It's not, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not that big. Well, it's a big barrier island yes. in that sense. Yes. Yeah. But- you know, there's 15,000 residents. Right. There's a lot of protected land. Yeah. I mean, it's there's That's a lot right. of wilderness on St. Simon's it's, Island. It's beautiful over there if yeah. you've never been. It's incredible. You should move there if you could. Yes. <laughs> which, which, I, which, I, which I would an hour after this podcast if I could. But um, I went to I went to John Belichick and I said, hey, man, we've got this opportunity. And he knew about Dresner's. And I was like. I need a chef. I need I need someone in the back of the house because yeah. that's not my expertise. And uh, he talked it over with his wife. He said they prayed about it. And he said, sure, why not? And it was a tough choice for him and his wife. Sure. Because 
their life was chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her whole life. And finally, there's a little semblance of calm. She knows where her husband is, knows where he's working. Mm-hmm. He comes home at night. Yeah. That's good. And now I'm, he's asking me, to, he's, I was five years sober. So he's three years sober at this time. Right. So it's almost like the blind leading the blind. We still right. don't know what still, the hell we're doing. You know, and, and that's an important point, uh, Camille, because, you know, at three years sober, that's not a long time. Like no, a lot of people relapse in the three to five year. It takes five, minimum five years yeah, for one's right. head to pop out of their ass. Right. That's right. Yeah. And up until then, it's just prairie dog, man. Right. Yeah. And it's just sneaking its head out and going back in the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really. And that mm-hmm. sounds bad, but it's true. It's true. And I've had crushing conversations through the years with, with men's family members, mm-hmm. wives and mothers, like mm-hmm. just, and you just have to be honest with these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's alcohol and drug addiction is probably the most tragic disease in the world. Well, it's a family disease and most people think it's an individual disease. Mm-hmm. It's not only the user can fix it. Yeah. 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 There's not a doctor. No. There's not a family member. Nope. There's not a job. There's not a pill. There's no amount of money. Zero. Actually, money is like kerosene. The worst. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. So it's it's tragic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I watched my mom drink forever and she came, she had, she developed lung cancer. Yeah. She never missed a chemo treatment. Mm. So why would I miss an AA meeting? Right. Yeah. I miss a lot of them. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Yep. It's, it's tragic. Man. It's not good, man. And it's, so, it's not good. I mean, you're, you know, Palmer, you're, you're, you're basically handed a restaurant. Like, Oh, it fell out of the sky and hit me on the head. Yeah. Which, which happens to like nobody, but Hey, right place, yeah. right time. Right. Yeah. Knowing the right people. Yeah. The right environment. Yeah. Um, Sometimes luck, just dumb old good luck mm-hmm. can change everything about your entire life. And right. Hey, I truly believe that God, the universe, the spirit, Buddha, Allah, whatever your choice of flavor is, man. Yep. They're opening these doors even while I'm in the midst of my addiction. I'm just so wrapped up in myself. I have like those horse racing blinders on. Tunnel vision. That I can't see the doors. Mm -hmm. So a large part of the whole spiritual aspect is just being awake, right? Mm -hmm. Your brain is open. Right. You know, and that's part of it, I would think. Yeah. Mm. Along with a lot of luck. Right. So, yeah, yeah we opened yeah. we opened up Palmer's Village Cafe. Um, so, he did the menu. So Yeah, uh, we went to a local grocery store on the island called Harris Teeter. Okay. And we spent, I think, what, $461 and something cents mm-hmm. on groceries and took it to the back of that restaurant and banged out our first menu. Done. Done. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. And okay. still open today, thank God. So what, what brought you to Dallas? A nightmare. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> just honesty only, please. Yep. Well, I mean, Camille has some tact about her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, you but, just looked at me as it, like, you really are just lucky because you're an idiot. Like, why did you move here <laughs> from there? And I get it. I get it. Everyone I, I meet, they're like, well, why'd you move here? Yeah. And I'm like. It's a good fucking question, man. I have no <laughs> idea. Look, like, I, I, I love Dallas. Sort of has a way of sucking you in. Yeah. And by the way, I like Dallas. Like, I like Dallas. You're right. That's why she's my business partner. Yeah, I like. Okay. I like That's why Dallas. Sitting here, I was just giving her a hard time. But it's, I mean, it's. Uh, it, I had a dream, man, and that's a long story. But it got us here, 
and uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. My my family's in a good place. Um, I have a great wife. Yeah. Um, you opened up Palmer's Chicken um, four years ago. No, I opened up uh, Palmer's Hot Chicken on St. Simon's Island, which is called Porch. Yep. Yeah. Um, in 2019. So we're into our fourth or fifth year. Okay. Okay. And then this one here. And I wanted styles. to expand that. And yep. I had a dream. I was having coffee with my wife. Oh, yeah. Back. This is crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, we had a home in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was going to play in a treatment center's yearly charitable golf tournament mm-hmm. and tell my story at a treatment center that I once frequented outside of Nashville. And, um, I told Amanda, I was like, Hey, I had a dream that I was bussing tables at a porch, which is our Nashville hot chicken restaurant in Georgia in Dallas, Texas. And she gave me a weird look and I hadn't been to Dallas, Texas in 25 years. Mm. And she said on the backside of our trip to Nashville, why don't you just fly to Dallas for two or three days and see what there was See if there's anything to that dream. And I was like, okay. That is a supportive wife. Yeah. Or wife that wanted to get off St. Simon's <laughs> Island, Georgia, and into a city. But I will claim that it's a supportive wife. Yeah. But my wife's recovering also. Okay. Um, we didn't meet in recovery. Okay. Like she lived in Nashville and I lived in Georgia. How we met's a whole different story. But uh-huh. um Um So she's open to the spirit, right? Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. Sure. We're all moving parts, man, and we connect with each other every day. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, so that's how we got here. I just mm-hmm. one thing led to another, and unbelievable. Yeah, uh, yeah. And now we all get to experience Palmer's hot chicken, Palmer's hot chicken, or the, or the Nashville hot shrimp, or the Nashville hot yeah. shrimp, which is absolutely phenomenal. Or the Nashville the hot shrimp po' boy on Saturday, every Saturday. Oh, get down there and see that. It. Or the ten dollar okay. bone in fried chicken with two sides and a refillable drink for mm. only ten bucks. Mm. 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 Or you can come see us at the state fair, or you can rent out our food truck. Hey, Palmer, just did yeah. our first it's lunchtime, food, and I'm hungry. Just did our first food truck event yesterday at Highland Park Baseball. Did Huge you really? success? It was great. Yeah, they oh, my just kid got played in that truck. game. Was that? I said y'all just got the food oh, yeah, truck. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just got it permitted. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be at Clyde Warren every Wednesday through Friday, starting April Sweet. 5th. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And the logo, guys, if you haven't seen the logo, you can go to his website. They have everything. On Clay Caldwell, yeah. St. Simons Island, Georgia. It's super cool. It's a, it's a chicken, but it's got in the, in the, what they call the negative space. So I own a media company and all that stuff. So that's why it's appealing to me. In the negative space, it's actually a catfish, nice. uh, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Very creative. I love it. And yeah, Clay did a great job. We were his first, like corporate, not corporate, but we're his first business customer, okay. like first restaurant. Good for him. And he helped all our, all everything we have, like our menus, the, all of it, the, Clay the, did. The colors. Hey, yeah. okay. So now that you have some time to sort of uh, look back a little bit, how rewarding is it for you that you give people like Clay and now all of your staff? Well, like man, we couldn't be, people. we couldn't be here in Texas without our family slash team in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like they run the show. Mm. They, they do all the heavy lifting. You know what I mean? And it's uh, real lucky in that aspect. And we have great people here too. So man, Palmer, your story, I'm just blown away. And his story, if you want to hear more, you have the QR code on your door at Palmer's that someone can go snap that pic and hear more about your story. The landlord did that. I love it. Four or five of their 
tenants. Yeah. Wait, I love it. Where does it where is that? So on his door going yeah. into Palmer's as you walk in, there's a yep. sticker. Palmer's, by the way, is at um Hillside, Hillside Village. Hillside Village, mm-hmm. uh, Mockingbird. Mockingbird and Abrams. Yep. Right down the street from my house, which is the old first and ten bar location. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Hey. But we totally blew it out. So So you, you can go and that takes you to the QR code takes you to where? His story. Okay. Another pod. Another podcast. Yeah. But it's only like what, three minutes, four yeah. minutes? Yeah, yeah. The landlord did it for about four or five of their tenants okay. and asked if we would. Okay. So that's why that's yeah. No, for you, you know, it takes a lot of strength to tell the story. And, you know, to be candid with you, I did not know the story. And to be candid with everybody, I, I had no idea. And so when we were talking before uh, we pushed record here, you know, I asked him how much this was on, how much is on the table. And he said everything, which that's, you know, that, that, that takes strength, uh, Palmer, for you to tell this story because it, I know it's not easy, but your impact, I'm a believer. Hey, man, in it. it's not something I'm proud of for sure, right? N- no. But it led but, me to be yes. able to at least be a chipped piece of conduit yeah. or a cracked yeah. piece of conduit. Yeah. And look, what I learned in getting sober in that halfway house where I went, mm-hmm. nothing that comes out of my mouth that has anything to do with recovery or helping other men in recovery is, is original. Mm-hmm. It's all regurgitated stuff, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, but it's still if you're oh, you're spreading the word. I just tried to give give it give what was given to me, right? Yeah. And you know, Doc's place is, you know, I've, I mean it. It's a great chat one A one B chapter in my life. Yeah, yeah. No, it it was. If it was you, great. If you're struggling, you know, with alcohol, or call addiction, me addiction. Hey, you know, call us and we'll get you. In if, you're man, yeah. if you're a man, if you're a man, yeah, struggling. Yeah. And you need someone to talk to, call me. Hey, seriously, uh, reach out to us. If you are struggling and you could do it anonymously, we don't care. Okay. Just, um, we'll you know, put you in touch. we'll put you in touch with Palmer. Yeah. And um, yeah, because it's important. I'm a huge believer in impact. I'm a huge believer in community. And yeah, that's why we have this show, Palmer. Hey, man, I, um, the biggest thing you asked, and we got 30, 60 seconds. What got me to Dallas was my ego, right? Like just because you're sober, how long you're sober, it really doesn't matter. It's like what kind of spiritual life daily are you living? And, you know, I'd gotten into myself and our success that we had gotten in Georgia with our restaurants that a lot of other people created for us by doing all the heavy lifting Yeah, and started taking credit for it, right? And I wanted to move to a city and see how many we I could open, hmm. you know, and we're just small mom and pop shops. So we, it's our money. We're, there's no investors. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, it's us mm-hmm. or, or our personal guarantees, you know? Mm-hmm. So ego got me to Dallas. Hmm. You know, it wasn't spiritual. I can tell you that. Um, and we backed out of a second location over on Inwood last January. Um, Cause I decided that, Hell, the first one we opened isn't even successful yet. Why try a second one? But then most importantly, it was like, I want to watch my kids grow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Restaurants and, are, it's a lot. You know, we've been really, really lucky um, in Georgia. Yeah. You know, we've got great people and they do a great job and the product's great, but we've just been, it's so insulated. Yeah. There's a built-in clientele. There's no competition. Right. And I skinned my knees landing in Dallas, you know, and mm. I thought it was going to be easy mm. and I was wrong. And it's only till about nine or 10 months ago where, and we had construction problems. We kind of 
shady contractor mm-hmm. and you know it just wasn't a fun soft landing yeah you know and and i got to the point where i hated the restaurant i hated dallas mm. i hated but it goes back to that bottom i had mm-hmm. you know i can have a bottom in sobriety yeah like an emotional just bottom sure. right and yeah. i was just like i'm just shitting on everything god's doing for me now I can't draw you a picture of my God. I don't know if it's a he or a she. Sure. God, my God's never come down and sat next to me and talked to me. Right. Right. Talks to me through you. Mm-hmm. You know, you and Camille through other humans is how my higher power talks to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just shitting on everything He's given me. I mean, He's given me a wonderful home, wonderful wife, kids, yeah, friends, businesses. Unbelievable. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like. I need to pull my head out of my ass and maybe I need to be a good steward of the one that God allowed us to open in Dallas. Mm. And I'm still working towards that goal, which means showing up to work, mm. running food, bussing tables, picking up trash on the floor, shaking the hands of your customers, getting to know them. And I failed in that part, but I was in a dark space. Yeah. You know, I almost got my kid kicked off a soccer team, bro. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Screaming, screaming. No, just bitching about the coach and talking to other parents about it. Mm -hmm. Just, I was just not, I was not in a good space, man. Wow. Now, the desire to take a drink or the thought of taking a drink never came up. Thank God. God removed that. Right. But I mean, I, I mean, I'm worse off without a drink when I'm in my own world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like running on my own self will. Mm -hmm. I'm much bigger handful without the drink than I am with it. I can tell you what he look. You look healthy. You look fantastic. Yeah. I mean, well, thank look, you. yeah, you do. I mean, he's got a button-up collared shirt and professional. And my wife said, "You, know, you look wow. What, you look nice." Like, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, we should have told him it was audio only. But hey, man, we uh, no. I just I didn't want my wife to think I was coming to do something like this. Yeah, and not represent her properly. Okay. Wow, I'm going to start saying that, except for I wear a hoodie every day. Just trying to represent you, baby. Hoodie and a baseball hat. <laughs> hey, you ask my wife about about her husband and his hoodies, and, uh-huh. and she'll tell you. I'm a hoodie guy. Are you? She says I look like a clown. She's like, you're fat and bald, dude. What are you in 50? What are you doing with that hoodie on, Paul? No, you're not. You look like you're in shape and you look great. I'm yeah. sucking in. good, man. No, you're I wore good, my girdle man. today. Oh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, you know, thank you for doing this. Yes, thank you, thank for, you being, for being on here. Thank yeah. you for being patient. I'm sorry that I uh, kept, I just, I'm really not no. real dependable. No, I mean. You, you, it's all right. We no, bugged yes, you, you got here. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, we're, 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 if we're not anything, we're, we're persistent. Yeah. Well, that's okay. And I am too, right? <laughs> no, because I think, you know, obviously there's so much more to your story. Yeah. And, you know, man, you do need a book though, for real. Here. But, okay, so. Go, he's he's showing me a. Uh, so that's me in a. That's me in a PGA Tour caddy at our food truck that we have at the RSM Classic every year on Sea Island. Okay. So I saw your Jordan hoodie and yeah, that was back in November. I, I was repping. Oh, my, it's a Jordan hoodie. I was repping my Jordan. Hoodie. It's Jordan hoodie. So that's our food truck the, um, down in Georgia. So I have to. Uh, so I can wear Jordan hoodies. My buddy actually he works for. My uh, wife bought me this hoodie for Christmas two years ago. Really? A black one and a yellow one. Gosh, I ha- I probably have 12 of these. <laughs> but I have to be careful with logos because mm. you know, of my other stuff. But Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan, I can wear a Jordan hoodie. I like Jordan gear. But, um, but hey, okay, so go down to 
Palmer's Hot Chicken. You can go to the website, palmershotchicken.com. You know, I love supporting people like him, Camille. Yeah. Um, And it just, I I love the fact that he's right here in our community. Uh, Yeah. The food is fantastic. His story is fantastic. The purpose is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, what a story. It's a great story. I told you. Just happy, just lucky to be a part of it. Man. Thank you, Camille. This was a good one. Yeah. We're we're happy you chose East Dallas as your community. Yeah. Are we going to do any more? Can we talk about the, Are we going to do another one where we can talk about the restaurant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, are, we are. Yeah, we could do one. Yeah, you know what we should do? Because I'm should, here to um, get people in our hood to come support us. We will. We'll, um, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll run a little commercial and do a couple of shout outs. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. And we'll, yes, we will do another one because we want to later on talk about your place at the state fair. Thank yes. you, okay. Melanie okay. Lanier. Thank yes. You. Okay. So next time we're, we're, we are going to have you back on the show to talk about the state fair yeah. and how the, all that happened. But, but for this particular show, we really just wanted to tell your story. I yeah. think it's a very fascinating and unique story that we, everybody in East Dallas and outside of East Dallas yes. uh, can uh, obviously learn no. from yeah. uh, your success, your failures. There's the so many gamut. people we interact with every day Yeah, that have, Similar stories, Absolutely. and we just never, never know yeah, about just it. Don't know. Y- you know the uh, the funny thing is, you could f- you you have failed probably a thousand times, but you have all you need is a one success, mm-hmm. and this is what's happened to you. Well, it's like this is episode sixteen of your show, right? Yes, the yeah. first fifteen have failed. Sure. But I've come and made this one a success. <laughs> it's great, right? No, I'm kidding. Joe. We are, honestly, we're, we're completely blown away by the support of our community by yeah. us doing this. It's it's Dude, kind of crazy, but the, uh, whatever. The, the you know? logins or whatever you call them in y'all's world, the yeah. views, yeah. the yeah. 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 hits, yeah. The, the number you told me. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, over 40,000 a month now. So, you well, know, Camille's been really good to us. And I think that, I think uh, Lakewood Life. Yeah. That was, I mean, we haven't paid for much advertising Mm-mm. or done any advertising in Dallas, which is weird, right? I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. you sit around, you're like, I wonder why it's so slow. And like half of the people that come in daily are still first time guests. Oh, I'm sure. Because they still don't hear. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's such a competitive market. Oh, it's, it's, it, it, yes. it's a great food scene. Oh my it's a goodness. great drinking scene. Love it's it. a great Dallas town is. for it. Yes. And, you know, Lake Camille was good to us. Yeah, you know, and I think some of the only advertisings we've ran was Lakewood Life. Yeah. And uh, what's your? Does she still work with you, Debbie? Is it Debbie or who was that blonde headed lady that was selling with you? Oh, Megan. Megan, maybe. Megan. Yeah, but they yeah. were really good, and the article was great. And yeah, they sent people our way off that, so sure. we appreciate that. And yeah, I think we need to look at Dallas as more regional. It's very and regional. we need to make yeah. East Dallas. And even into, you know, we're not far from the park cities, no. but there's just something about those cars. Like they're not programmed to go over 75. Over here. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a magnetic it's problem. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what? It, we, we laugh all the time. It's like 635. Why the hell would you go way up there? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean. No need. Anyway, no need. Well, but we're very family friendly oriented restaurant. Yeah, yeah you are. And it, oh, our yes. restaurant in Georgia yeah. is the same way. And that's kind of our. That's our theme, right? It's yeah. it's got to be fun, but it's a place where parents can come, have a drink, yeah, listen to some music, yeah, and Eat know that their food. kids are there, 
but they're over there doing their own thing. Yeah. yeah. Killing themselves with jumbo Jenga blocks. Yep. Cornhole bean bags. So that's, that was a huge niche for us in Georgia. Yeah. Because there wasn't a place for parents to go have a drink, eat something and not worry about what their kids are doing, but right. know that they're at the restaurant and they're safe. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if we are lucky, we're, he's going to open up another spot at some point here and we'll twist his arm to make that happen. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, truck. I it's need like another restaurant. No, he does. He I need, truck. I yeah. need, and that's a nice progression for us to truck. Yeah. And that's yeah, how we sure. did it in Georgia. And yeah, you can go see it. Where is it? It's at Clyde Warren. Um, uh, starting in April, okay. uh, Palmer's hot chicken food truck will be at Clyde Warren Park for lunch. Okay. Wednesday through Sunday. Perfect. Okay. Every week. Gotcha. So go over there and check them out. And then, of course, over here at Hillside. Yep. yep. Hillside a- Village. A- Abrams and Mockingbird. There's a yep. lot of good shops in Hillside Village. Yes. And Sprouts just opened, which is yep. good. It's fantastic. I love Sprouts. And yep. outside of Sprouts and outside of Tuesday morning, Chop Shop. Yep. I would say most everything in there is mom and pop shop. Yeah, yeah it is mom and pop. It is. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a great little spot. Right yeah. next to Froggy's. Dream right Cafe. Froggy's. Dream Cafe is good. Mm-hmm. like that so, place. All right, Paul. I know some breakfast I might rather have than Dream Cafe, but it's not in yeah. the same time zone. Yeah. <laughs> so for this time zone, I'm going to stick with Dream Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long drive over there to Georgia. Yeah. I've done it. It's a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Palmer, thank you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're Thanks gonna, for your time. Yeah, really we're, appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to have him back on the show to talk about the state fair. But until then, Camille, that's pretty much all I got. Hayes, yeah. that's all I got. Yeah, come on over. We will see you next time, right? Camille, what in East Dallas is going on? I don't know. Stick around. We'll find out. Thanks, Camille. See you guys. Awesome.